This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, here we go. It's the Adam Ritz Show. I'm proud to be your host. My name is Adam Ritz. Joining me on the telephone, Jay Baker. We're talking public affairs. Jay, how are you? I am doing absolutely outstanding. I can't wait to talk about the latest in public affairs. Well, a story hit my desk this week that uh, was pretty inspirational, and uh, I know you probably saw it too, about Shaquille O'Neal and a random act of kindness uh, it's certainly not going to save the planet, and it only helped one person, but it's inspirational to me anyway because it makes me want to do something nice for somebody. And I think if all 300 million-plus people in this country did something nice for somebody, then uh, it will affect uh, a whole lot of people. So hats off to Shaquille O'Neal. Did you hear about what he did this past week for a man in Georgia? I know that he did something really special, and unfortunately, it was one of those articles that kind of went away when I flipped the the screen over. So I am anxious to hear about this because I think Shaquille is a very interesting guy. He is bigger than all outdoors, duh, but he has got a big heart. He's got a big heart. He's uh, done a lot of charity work and foundation work, and uh, this week he paid off the engagement ring of a young man in Georgia. Can you imagine that? Starting no. your starting your so life, nice. having a, an engagement ring for your your new fiance. She said yes, and now you've you're several thousand dollars in debt, and Shaq comes over and pays it off. How about that? No, that's nice. Uh, you know, he uh, has been known to pull over his SUV and jump out of it and play pickup games in parks with people. Uh, it's just uh, he's an inspiration to many because he hasn't forgotten where he's come from and he's helped out a whole lot of people uh, along the way. Would you be okay with knowing that uh, your wife's ring was paid off by, it's really Shaquille O'Neal's ring. I mean, she's sort of engaged to Shaq now. (laughs) Well, I'd be fine with it because that would be, uh, that'd give me more money for the lavish honeymoon that I would undoubtedly be tasked to uh you know to orchestrate after the wedding but uh no you're right i think it's cool and what a story that couple will have to tell the rest of their married life together but you mentioned the honeymoon i mean isn't that the next question thank you mr (laughs) o'neill for helping me pay off this ring would you mind flipping the bill for this trip to hawaii (laughs) (laughs) yeah we have we have a colleague that just came back from presumably a very expensive honeymoon and i'm all for that but but you and I know, man, that those can get pricey. No, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the wedding. You can't stay at the, uh, you know, the Joe Smith O'Connor Lodge. You have to go full ticket. You know, it's 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 got to be nice. It's the wedding, the uh, the engagement rings, the honeymoon. It's it all totaled. It's the reason why people elope. For sure. Yes. Indeed. All right. Uh, welcome aboard. It's the Adam Rich Show brought to you uh, in part by Vibonomics, the good people doing in-store audio across the country in retail locations and grocery stores. You'll hear some music, some voiceovers, some advertisements, uh, and it all sounds like a custom business radio station. You can learn more about them at Vibonomics.com, or you can just click their logo that's on our website, AdamRitzShow.com. What's happening in uh, your world, Jay? 
Well, kind of a snapshot of the pandemic, which we have done. And, and I think the good news is, I think we're seeing certainly some uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, as we come into spring, the weather is improving. I think people's spirits are improving. I myself just came back recently from uh, being vaccinated with the first shot uh, in my community. I was fortunate to sign up. And I know that's been a big story is to try and get these vaccines out. There are some parts of our country that are quite rural. And there was a big article this week about all the things they need to do in Alaska, because sometimes in Alaska, the only transportation you have is uh, a pilot in a bush plane or a guy in a boat. Dog sled. What about a dog sled? Dog sled. Absolutely. So, you know, they're, they're in a situation where, It's not always super convenient to get uh, vaccinated, but I I think it is encouraging. And uh, the vaccination site in my community, everybody, a very positive attitude and uh, very orderly. And so I think things are looking good. And a number of communities, I think, will be opening vaccination for uh, people of age 16 and higher. Have you seen that? I have seen that. Yeah. Um, You know, and I've heard that uh, more than 90 percent. Uh, of the population will have access to this by uh, May, I think I heard. So uh, the vaccine is uh, making its way across uh, every part of the country. Yeah, it's been positive so far. uh, No side effects. And, uh, you know, so there you go. So uh, results may vary, but uh, it's a pretty straightforward uh, situation. And uh, if you choose to pursue it, uh, I, I think that you'll find some very positive things in that department. Um, fewer people drank coffee during the pandemic, Adam, which surprised me when I read that. Well, that's, I would be surprised to hear fewer coffee was consumed ever for any reason. Uh, but now that it's sunk in a few seconds, if you're working from home, there's less reason to get up early and get moving to get showered and get presentable and get in your car and drive a half an hour to work to be at work at nine o'clock you can just wake up at five till nine and uh so maybe maybe you don't need as much coffee i mean that makes sense maybe some people are getting up at noon well there you go (laughs) maybe they're just going straight to their afternoon martini you told your boss oh well, I've been at it all day as you uh, wipe the sleep out of your eyes at 1245. But uh, 58% of people in a survey had at least one cup of coffee versus about 62% a year ago. Now, of interest is while there are less people drinking coffee, the volume has remained about the same. And what that means is for those of you at home, Uh, For me, drinking coffee at home is much cheaper because I can't help myself. I have to stop in at a place that has coffee. So as you well know, famously, a cup of doctored up coffee from one of the coffee places is, you know, five, six, seven bucks. And I admit uh, it's somewhat wasteful, but boy, do I love a nice tall coffee from my favorite place. 
I uh, have recently fallen in love with frozen uh, coffee, frozen vanilla coffee. So, oh, uh, that sounds good. I'm sure high in calorie. I, I haven't done the math on that, but I'm going to have six or seven of those every day uh, this summer. <laughs> uh, so I'll be making up the caffeine for those who uh, are drinking less, for sure. Absolutely. And they say that this survey probably reflects the fact that many communities have had uh, restricted access to uh, retail shops and retail coffee actually keeps the uh, amount of coffee drinking up because people might be inclined to meet socially over coffee. In fact, uh, you and I uh, hashed out some ideas that we famously had a few years ago over coffee at a coffee place. We so did. the retail coffee locations, uh, as they come back online, that may actually uh, bring us back to a, an America that can't guzzle enough coffee. Certainly, there was, uh, uh, you know, cer- certainly uh, a red flag or, or an attention getter when you say <laughs> that there's less coffee being uh, consumed oh. by Americans during the pandemic. It's it's it, it's almost <laughs> off-putting. Like I cannot believe it. Yes, no, it's hard to wrap your mind around. We're we're the first to bring this jarring fact to America. What? So yes, uh, make sure you get back on the coffee wagon. Somebody in Colombia or wherever a lot of coffee comes from may depend on. It. I mean, I'm almost in a panic. I, I'm going to go make a pot of coffee <laughs> right after the show. I do think it's so funny, though. Uh, what would uh, maybe it's psychological, but if I were deprived of coffee for, well, let's say a month, I would get a little panicky. I, I, I am so either dependent on it uh, physically or or mentally. I'm not sure which, but I, I love the whole hot cup in your hand thing. Can't can't live without it. You don't want to see Jay Baker panicky. No, no, no. <laughs> Nobody Something does. Something bad might happen. <laughs> hey, here's some good news, Adam. Louis the Lookout, his costume is back. The uh, Chattanooga Lookouts of minor league baseball, they had a theft from their facility, and their Louis the Lookout, uh, Louis, yeah, Louis the Lookout costume had been stolen. But thankfully, the thieves left it in a location, and it was recovered safely. What is a lookout? I don't know what the lookout would be. I I find it interesting, as you well know, with minor league baseball teams, oftentimes they have to come up with a name. uh, And usually it's tied in with their parent club or tied in with the lore of the city. Uh, To me, the most famous example are the Lansing Lugnuts. And they're the lug nuts because of the auto industry in Lansing, Michigan. <laughs> the lug nuts. <laughs> so in in Chattanooga, you say? Yes, is, in Chattanooga, the Louis the Lookout costume had been uh, pilfered is there from a, the local is stadium. Is there a large uh, contention of the mafia or, or the mob <laughs> in uh, Chattanooga? I mean, what's the He's lookout, a lookout. Do? He's the lookout. Yeah. He's, you know, does he honk twice if he sees the fuzz? We've seen those crime uh, movies. That's what the lookout does. Absolutely hogs twice if you see the police. That's like uh, it's a character straight out of Goodfellas. When yes, they're doing absolutely. The, when they're doing the scene where everybody got whacked, you know who who'd they get? They got Tommy <laughs> two times, that? and they got Louis the Lookout. <laughs> yeah. So Louis the Lookout's going to be back in the Chattanooga Stadium. I know you were very concerned, but there are 
there is a theft that is not yet solved. The Wisconsin restaurant lost their giant rooster, and they have offered a $1,000 reward. Uh, it's been there for about 30 years prior to its theft. It's 12 feet tall and 4 feet wide. That and, is an, uh, who you just can't pull up your 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 pickup truck and pull that home. No, that took some planning. I, I felt really bad. This is apparently a small town in Wisconsin, and this place is open predominantly for breakfast and lunch. And it's sort of a you know obviously a, a community uh, uh, you know community tradition to go there and dine. And the owner said he was working in the back and somebody came in, ordered a cup of coffee. And he said, hey, by the way, uh, what'd you do with your rooster? <laughs> Apparently, that was the first the owner had heard about it, even though he had pulled up for work that morning. You know, he didn't, you know, because when something's <laughs> missing. But yes, uh, so uh, we're this is for our, all our Wisconsin listeners. If you do spot a giant 12 foot tall rooster, this uh there is a $1,000 reward for its return. They needed Louie the Lookout to uh, watch to make sure nobody stole the rooster. Absolutely. They, they, they missed their lookout, too. Now, how many friends, this is a question we should all ask ourselves, how many friends do we have? And there is a gentleman from Oxford University in England. He's an evolutionary psychology professor, and he actually came up with the ideal number of friends. Okay, let's see. Counting you um, <laughs> and uh, the producer of the show, Taylor, I've got, I think, seven. There you go. Seven well, friends. you know, that's, a, that, that's actually what you just said is about right. The Believe it or not, everybody, the sort of the ideal number, this professor says is sort of plus or minus 150, and here's how he arrived at that you do tend to have an inner circle of friends. And for most people, that's five to seven people. And then there's sort of a peripheral group of friends that you have that you bump into on a regular basis, but perhaps not daily. That's usually about 12 or 15. Mm -hmm. And then outside of that, then you have probably 50 or 60 friends that, you would know if you spotted them at a class reunion or a party of some kind, but they're not necessarily friends that you would interact with on a regular basis, like, like let's say a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Yeah, so his number is everybody has a prior, you know, most people have approximately 150 friends. And as you well know, that, that phrase or that word friends has been blurred a little bit because of Facebook you know, when you have your Facebook friends, how many of those friends really are your super close, you know, colleagues, associates? Mm -hmm. Now, I've got some friends like Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters that yeah. that, that aren't necessarily friends with me. In fact, they don't even know I exist. So I, I don't know <laughs> if that's stalking or if I can well, still consider them friends. When Dave looks on his Facebook page and says, look, Adam Ritz has defriended me, he gets crushed. It's I a mean, bad day for Dave. It, it's a bad day for him. I thought what was real interesting, uh, this was always been my criteria, and everyone has like a different criteria. But for me, I always said, who are the people that you could call at 3 o'clock in the morning and borrow $50 from? 
meaning that you felt comfortable enough to ask them for that large amount of money and that you actually knew their phone number and you knew that they wouldn't absolutely kill you for calling them in the middle of the night. Now, that's a different list of friends. That's your rich friends. Those are your rich friends. I've got a lot of friends I can call at 3 o'clock in the morning. They're not going to have 50 bucks. (laughs) So that's my personal criteria for the inner circle of friends. Of course, course right now, if somebody called me and asked for $50, I'd say, look, I've got 10. Yeah, I would. And do you uh, know what time it is? I'd negotiate with you. I'd say, why don't you call back at four o'clock in the morning and make it thirty? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, there are uh, a National Academy of Sciences say that cities that add bike infrastructure increase the number of bikes. And I know that kind of sounds like a duh, but they actually did this systematically in Europe. So if you are hearing this and you're a bicycle rider uh, and your community is adding bike paths and stuff, they're headed in the right direction. And sometimes you'll go by where they're building bike paths and things and think, well, who are using those or who are using these bike racks? But they did prove that in Paris and other large cities in Europe that uh, they were able to increase bike usage by about 48%. That uh, makes sense, and it's good for the heart. Love it. Yeah, so I thought that that was really good. Uh, One of the things that's interesting is, and this is sort of a duh, but it really makes sense because it's changing the way in which we purchase and utilize products, but $900 billion with a B was spent, $900 billion more was spent globally online last year and they are saying that in general people during the pandemic uh have sort of a business model now where if you need something you tend to look it up with a major online retailer because it makes it so much easier to get it delivered to your home well you know that that's you know a lot of pandemic uh work from home staying home uh shelter in place shopping changed uh, the way we shop online and you just throw in the natural progression of how uh, internet shopping and e-commerce has been increasing every year over the last 20 years and you know I'm guilty of it too you need something I, I the other day I needed some deodorant guess what a couple clicks and 48 hours later it was on my porch so- now here's my question <laughs> though no and you're absolutely correct and you know when you say, hey, I need deodorant and I don't necessarily feel comfortable necessarily wandering the aisles of my local pharmacy or wherever, you know, I my deodorant purveyor, as we like to say. But will will do you think this will permanently change your buying habits? Because that's the question that all the e-retailers are asking themselves. Will this change? Will this alter the way you shop, let's say, two years from now? Yeah, for sure. And I will, uh, a little social study here. One of the, actually the main reason why I bought the deodorant online is because uh, there's a there's a drugstore near my house. I've bought my, uh, where I live, I've lived since 2005. I've bought my toiletries there since 2005. And recently I went in there to get deodorant and it was all locked up behind hmm. in a glass case and if and I had to call a employee of the store over to unlock the case so I wasn't aware that deodorant was that was it was that valuable um and I asked I said is this 
are people stealing so much deodorant that you have to lock it up now? And she told me, she said, yeah, you know, people come in here with duffel bags and they'll just steal whatever they can to sell on the wow. black market. So, See, that just is boggling to me. Was, and, and I'm I'm naive about stuff like And I that. was like, you're kidding me. And like right on the other side of the aisle was, so, the you know, what's deodorant? Five bucks? On the other side of the aisle, there was $15 sunscreen that was not locked up. And I'm like, what about this stuff over here? And this $20 uh, shampoo over here? And she said, well, we're in the process of getting glass cases for everything. And it's not like wow. I live in, you know, a terrible part of town. Uh, yeah. It's, it was uh, a little, I, I, I was a little shocked. So ever since then, uh, d- whenever I need deodorant, I just go to the .com, press reorder, press click. A day later, it's on my porch. And I don't know well, if that's a little note for, you know, retail, physical retail stores to to not make it more difficult for your shopping audience to purchase things because there's a new competitor out there called the internet. And if it's going to be that hard for me to buy some band-aids and shampoo in a store by my house, I'll just do it on uh, online and have it delivered to my house a day later. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is kind of the first I've heard that it's become to this degree. I know not too long ago, they uh, started locking up things like the shavers because they were like in, in, inordinately expensive. You know, it was like a package of blades was, you know, like eight or nine dollars. So that kind of made sense. But you don't think in terms of them locking up deodorant yeah, and it or makes that there sense. would be a black market well, for the, deodorant. The first thing I thought of was when they started locking up, uh, you know, cough syrup and everything that somebody could uh, concoct in a home lab and try to make some sort of illicit drug out of. And I'm like, are people making crystal meth out of deodorant now? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can you imagine? It would change Breaking Bad, the, uh, the television show. You know, you could get high and smell really good in the process, I guess. But <laughs> I'm like, are, why is this Axe body spray locked up? <laughs> no, that's absolutely fascinating to me. So, yes, you do underscore. And I have felt that, you know, that things will change. Oftentimes things change for the better, but obviously the models for much of everything, including purchasing deodorant, are going to be changing and evolving. One thing that uh, was kind of strong before the online retailing thing went really crazy during the pandemic was the effort for people to shop locally. Uh, There was greater emphasis on the you know, getting to go food from local restaurants to help the local restaurant industry. But uh, even, uh, you know, you and I work in a town that has a lot of uh, small shops and they are kind of cautiously optimistic that as, um, you know, as the pandemic uh, restrictions start to ease, that local shopping will become uh, more important. And shop I, local, I cer- baby. Cer- certainly hope that it does. So, yes, I think shop local uh, is a good idea for a lot of people. Now, here's kind of an interesting thing, and I guess this is intuitive, but it's it's an interesting wrinkle on the pandemic. Uh, in the past, you would go to work and you would leave your family pets at home six, seven, eight hours, and then you'd return. And pet was glad to see you. You take them out. You get the mail. 
everybody's happy and yippy skippy. Well, now you've been working at home and have been home more or less constantly for about a year. What happens when you do go back to work? There's now some concern about the level of anxiety that your pet may have with you being gone. That's a valid concern, I suppose, if you have pets. Yes, and I know that you, uh, due to allergies, are not pet-oriented, so you won't have to worry about that. But as you well know, people in America, we love our pets, and we do have some tips from an expert because Adam and I are not experts, but we play them on the radio. Yes, let's hear them. Okay, you can sort of ease your pet into this by taking some breaks away from your pet. Uh, Obviously, you can take a walk, um, spend some time, go take a little drive out in the country, and you leave your dog for a short length of time or your cat for a short length of time. Now, here's what's interesting. You can use a camera or you can even use Zoom on your computer to sort of observe surreptitiously the outcome of you being away. Uh, You can see if your pet has anxiety or if your pet just goes to its bed and falls asleep because, hey, you're not there in the house and it's tired. So I thought that that was an absolute brilliant thing that you could use Zoom to observe your pet. Now, we, we cannot recommend you substituting your pet during a Zoom meeting, uh, but that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> We've seen a lot of dogs and cats on Zoom meetings, but that webcam idea, that's a great idea because if, you, if you're if you going back to the office and you're worried about your pet, uh, you may be surprised to find out that your pet's not worried about you and is fast yeah. asleep on your bed uh, in the middle of your bed, curled up, and with that peace of mind, you'll be able to you know get back to work without any uh, worries about uh, Fido back at the house, worrying when when mom or dad is going to get home. Yeah, so I thought that that was a very interesting point. That this is something that's sort of coming up, and people are concerned a little bit about uh, pet anxiety. Some uh, pets and some dogs and cats are a little more inclined to this, but uh, it's an idea that you can sort of look in on. And then the expert says, then obviously you just slowly but surely increase your time away. And there are pet psychologists, though I don't know how you'd vet, uh, no pun intended, a pet psychologist. Uh, And I'm sure if there's a great pet psychologist listening, they're thinking we're making fun, but I I don't know how to verify how effective uh, a pet psychologist would be. Uh, I guess you'd go to Yelp, which is pronounced Yelp. (laughs) Yeah, that's the the, the Yelp version of Yelp. In the the Yorkshire Terrier uh, dialect, it's Yelp. Yelp. Uh, Yeah, find out uh, what their online reviews are, I guess. I guess. Yeah, there you go. But uh, they do say that there there are pet psychologists who are available. Um, and, you know, so but I thought that was very interesting. Now, here's what I was putting notes together for today's show. And then I thought, let's look forward to May. But then I realized we still have a lot of April left. I uh, am I jumping the gun by looking forward to May? Yeah, this is uh, this show will air predominantly uh, around April tenth, so we're only uh, a <laughs> so third of the way through. Yeah, we've got two thirds of April left to go. 
Uh, so Gee. don't get ahead of yourself. We'll we'll jump into May when we get to May. We'll, we'll jump into the May <laughs> material when we can. I felt a little bit bad, so I made some notes about May, and I thought, well, I really am jumping the gun. I think part of it, because I do want it to be May, uh, you know, as the weather starts to get better, uh, it has been uh, absolutely just wonderful, and I certainly hope the, the nice weather continues. Hey, here's a super quick note. Uh, have you been reading much? You know, uh, game shows have been sort of in the news with the passing of uh, Alex Trebek, the beloved host of Jeopardy. And um, believe it or not, Pat Sajak of Wheel of Fortune has been in the news a little bit because he has uh, struggled just a little bit uh, by being a little cranky with the contestants. No, I haven't. Have you is, read anything more about that? Is he getting mouthy with the contestants? Well, here's what he, he had kind of uh, a couple of, more than one fan had pointed out to him, hey, Alec, we, or, or excuse me, Pat, we think you were a little harsh with those contestants. So he had kind of simmered that down a little bit. But there was a Wheel of Fortune rule, and of course there was, back in 2016. And it follows the crossword convention that if you have uh, answers to a question, you're not supposed to use the word and. Right. I did see that, like a laundry list of four words. Yeah, and someone so says and words. before the fourth word. And I saw Twitter blow up on uh, Sajak. Uh, I'm not trying to rush you on this, but we've got about 30 seconds left in the show. What's the, the is he going to be okay? Is Sajak going to get through this? Sajak is going to get through this, but don't use the word and on Wheel of Fortune. Never use the word and when Never you're reading use the, word the, and. the four word answer. You've been listening to the Adam Ritz and show. Jay Baker, thank you for uh, all of your interesting stuff you always bring on board. I want to thank our listeners for joining in. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Ritz and on Instagram we are Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.